What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Sheeple's Army. Um, welcome. You're have welcome to kinda, back. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. You know, you're going to kind of have to bear with us this week. We are... Um, we are kind of in the uh, process of mourning the loss of our friend and colleague, uh, Rush Limbaugh, who <laughs> friend of the died. pod, <laughs> comrade Rush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be tough for us. Normally, we've, uh, you know, normally when we come to do the pod, we've been, you know, we've been listening to Rush over the week, <laughs> listening to his new content, and that kind of gives only us only when our... we can squeeze it in between Alex Jones segments. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah um so it's you know it's just that's a major source of inspiration for us that is uh it's you know it's a loss that we um we're going to be dealing with in the weeks to come and i know that uh you, you know people are going to kind of a lot of people are going to be in the same camp with us so uh it's true it's going to be tough it's going to be hard, you know, and I think that uh, really that we have to get through it together, uh, which is why mm -hmm. uh, if you donate $100 to our Patreon, you'll get exclusive <laughs> access to our tour to pee on Rush Limbaugh's grave. So <laughs> consider it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but yeah, we'll 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 get through this <laughs> together. We, uh, you know, one thing that's giving me peace of mind is just thinking that, you know, um, you know the idea that maybe he's looking at looking up at us from his current location <laughs> and uh, and smiling, you know, definitely upon the the sheeple's army. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We should uh, like commission a poster of that and looking down. Looking <laughs> that <up>. actually, <laughs> that's kind of a cool idea. We'll we'll talk not well, probably we'll come not back Rush Limbaugh, but we'll come, yeah, yeah, we'll come back we'll... to that. Um, <laughs> Did, just one more thing on this, though. Did mm -hmm. you see that uh, in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis wants to order all flags to be flown at half staff to, at half staff to honor Rush Limbaugh? I did not see that DeSantis <laughs> wants to do that. Of course he fucking does. I saw, I think it was Lauren, it was either um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert uh -huh. who came out and was like, I am asking like Joe Biden like to do the same thing. It's just... <laughs> literally like what the honestly, fuck honestly joe like I, I like not totally outside of the realm of possibilities yeah. for joe biden <laughs> joe biden trying to have rahm emanuel in his cabinet so i think anything is possible yeah. but um yeah yeah it's like truly um <laughs> in the in the spirit of bipartisanship that might be something that Oh my god! Put it past him. <laughs> not even a little bit, dude. Not even a little bit. <laughs> um, speaking of speaking of Biden, who just cannot stop winning. Um, so <laughs> win, the, win, win, no matter what. Biden. <laughs> uh, in order to mark the passing of of you know now it's over a half oh million people um, who have died from the coronavirus pandemic in the United States. The uh, so Biden, uh, a couple things. They um, they did a candlelight vigil. I think it was today, right? Yep, today, a couple um, hours ago. A couple hours ago, it was uh, it was heavily symbolic, um, <laughs> expectedly so. Uh, and then another thing, they were they were they were ordering the flag to be flown at half staff. Lots of lots of flags at half staff going on it's right really, now. Apparently, it's interesting. <laughs> It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. I actually have some I have some thoughts about that specifically that I just want to touch on because I so rarely get to share this opinion with anybody. But Absolutely. I uh, when I so I, I was out of the country um, for the period up to and immediately after the Trump election uh, in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, I was mm -hmm. in Thailand for like a year teaching English, but. Uh, when I came back, I noticed a lot more, like, it seemed like flags were always flying at half-staff, which I thought was really interesting. It seemed like something that's been normalized a lot more in the past, like, five years, where it seems like it's always flying at half-staff. Um, and it's yeah. like, well, what what good does that do for 500,000 people, you know? It's like, Well, okay, but they're yeah. going to be flying it at half-staff for five days, so... <laughs> That's that's one day where the flag oh is only half up the pole for every one hundred thousand deaths. Yeah, so that's I think pretty good. We, you I, know, I think we can assume <laughs> at this point that 
you know, once we hit 600,000, that flag is going to go halfway back down. And I it might stay there for a full 24 hour period. I wouldn't put it, you know, it's, we're getting kind of, we're getting kind of a, a lot of, a lot of ambitious um, and bold energy here. So I wouldn't, he might do it. He might really yeah. do it. You know, this the crazy is a, son of folks, a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> folks, this is where change happens. This is what it looks yeah. like. That flag's going to be yeah. 15 feet lower than it usually is. Like, yeah, like just Corona leave it at half is, staff. Like, <laughs> yeah, you might as well. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, but I, you know, I for one, I can say that I am feeling one extremely seen, <laughs> but also uh, importantly, I'm also feeling very, very heard. heard. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling. I, <laughs> um, that's that's where I'm at today with it. So. uh and I think that's where a lot of us are at. So uh, yeah, thank you. I think you. that's the official Sheeple's Army position. So you know, the heroes yep. see us. <laughs> heroes. Like the, the the fact that Biden within one week went from or is still like uh, like advocating for opening schools five days a week within a hundred days, which as we've discussed oh, before. Yeah. It's yeah. only going to mean probably two months of in-person school, if that. So it's like, well, what's right. really the point of doing that? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Like, he, he within one week, he went from that to lighting a bunch of candles and being like, oh, yeah. we really <laughs> honor the consequences of, you know, Trump's uh. bad decision that we're just continuing deliberately. <laughs> Dude. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and you've seen the, a lot of the typical, um, like Joanne Reed tweeted today something about I, like, oh, it's so I, nice. I think to I blocked have. her on Twitter. That's that makes sense. But, but, but she said it's like it's so nice to have. I don't, I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it was. Like a hu- a human president or something. And I'm yeah. just like, you know, yeah, and that's gonna be, you know, it's gonna that's gonna be something that I'm gonna be keeping in my mind, you know, as yeah. the next five hundred thousand people die. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be using that to kind of comfort myself as the, uh, he really, <laughs> he is a human. He really cares about it. Yeah. He's Our a human. president is you a can, human. <laughs> you, you cannot deny him that he is absolutely a human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Checkmate Bernie bros. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> like, yep. it's just so, it's so insane because like, not only is that just a ridiculous and weird thing to say about the sitting president, it's just like, uh, just like to try to like humanize him to that extent is just I think a little bit weird and not it's productive. Just like an, it, yeah, well, it's also just like I don't know, like who? It's just they're. It's so it's empty. It's it's yeah. so fucking empty. Like the this is like oh, and and people are gonna see this and now forget about the checks <laughs> that still haven't gone out. Like these, yeah. I, like yeah, I know you you made this point last week. Like they already started at the point of like it's actually fourteen hundred dollars. It's not two thousand dollars, but it's also yeah. like that was supposed to whatever it was was supposed to go out immediately. That was January, um, right? It, that was yeah. in January when he said that. Yeah. It's fucking so, January. It's almost it, March. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it definitely won't, it, they definitely, the, the, uh, legislation definitely won't be passed until March. I don't think, um, definitely not. And then, you know, yeah. and then we yeah, know right. it, it, it takes, it takes a while to get to actually have checks go out anyway for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, of course, like, it's going people, to less people. It's going to less yeah. people. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous, right? <laughs> Bernie Sanders, in, in perhaps his most bold Twitter uh, denouncement of Joe Biden, said that this move was absolutely brilliant. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> which fun. is it's horrible. You know, like b- biting sarcasm, but also just unfortunate that Bernie can't muster any more strength for that. You know, it's like people that got a check under Trump, a like more money actually under Trump, a total of eighteen hundred dollars, are actually going mm-hmm. to get less. Uh, fourteen hundred, and that's even if you're gonna get it right. Is what is the threshold? Yeah, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's something like that. Like they they means tested it more like rigorously, basically, and so people who are making a little bit more are not getting. Yeah, it's it like it it is ridiculous. It's it's horrible politics. Like I don't know. I don't know how. It's I don't know. It's kind of unfathomable that it's that we would it's <laughs> horrifying definitely but i think it also is yeah. important to just like see who they are when they show us um yep. and this yeah, really exactly. feels like a 
a, a big moment for that, right? So I think importantly, yeah. um, nurses make more than $50,000 a year, typically. Mm-hmm. So, right, for all the talk about essential workers and all the talk <laughs> about, uh, like, oh, we, we love and we respect and, and appreciate the sacrifices of our frontline workers, right? They're not, they don't even think that your life is important enough to give you mm. $1,400. Not even the two grand they promised, 1400 Yep. It's unreal, yep. you know? And uh, <laughs> I, I got into... I, I did the my first... First time I ever did this in my life on Twitter oh, where I was like, here's everything wrong with this article thread and like put, put mm-hmm. up just like 15, 15 different posts about like how shitty this one article was about how um, progressives need to like stop holding a grudge against Elizabeth Warren. It's been one year. <laughs> it's long enough. And she is fighting for the same things we are. So which is just oh, absolutely God. just inane bullshit. In my opinion, um, because what yeah. this this author was saying was that uh, blue check uh, liberal author for Business Insider on Twitter was oh, saying, of course, yeah, fucking of course, right? Was saying that yeah. it's been a year. Elizabeth Warren is fighting for universal health care. She's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I right. don't know. I haven't seen anything about that. <laughs> I haven't seen anything about that. She came out. In favor of Medicare for all, and then she backtracked on that and supported a public option, which is the same thing, right. basically, that Biden was doing. Yeah. And then <laughs> she purposefully helped tank Bernie's campaign and elevate mm-hmm. Biden. It's like, that does not feel yeah. to me like she is uh, fighting for universal health care. <laughs> no, not at all. You know? Yeah. The idea that we should just have, like, a goldfish memory about one year ago, it's like, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely actually develop a develop a theory about how this shit works. <laughs> Don't just like go along with it, you know? Absolutely. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about Democrat Democrats and, and some of their the disappointing uh, happenings as of late. Uh, we we have seen some. So in the wake of like obviously massive tragedy in Texas, right? Like. Yeah. Millions of people without power. Um, at least I know at least like thirty people have died, and and like hundreds of carbon monoxide yeah. poisonings from people you know trying to cook indoors and like yeah. heat their homes yeah, with generators like burn- and, and yeah, mm-hmm. or burning like treated wood and like suffocating. You know, yep. um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I, we'll never know the full number. Whatever, sure, whatever it is, yeah. is probably an undercount. Um, But in the wake of this massive, you know, devastating weather event in Texas, AOC uh, did show up and she she raised I think she raised five million dollars, which is so. okay. I I I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to bring this up, not because not really because of the money raised, even though that's good. But it's also clearly that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a drop in the bucket. Right. Like, you know, fundraising, charity and even even mutual aid, I would argue, are ultimately never going to be enough in terms of trying to hmm. trying to address like mass casualty situations like this. Right. This is the yeah. this is the the area where you would want like a federal government response to be yeah. to be happening. Um, but I, but I did want to call attention to it because I think it's, it's a, it's a good, it's an example of, you know, a democratic politician doing really good politics and showing up in a Southern state and, mm-hmm. and showing that Democrats, you know, care about these people, right? This was a socialist. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, like whether or not they voted for your, their state voted for your party or not, which even, even those kind of like. <laughs> broad generalizations it. are weird because there's there's millions of people who voted probably in Texas for Biden, right? And and who vote, yeah. you know, who vote Democrat down the line. Yeah, um, and, and the people but, in Texas that mm-hmm. voted Republican, the majority of them were the wealthy people who were never at risk mm-hmm. of freezing to death. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean like fuck wealthy uh, white some folks. of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um but yeah, this was and this was something like a key thing that that our Bernie Sanders had talked about when he was running for president, right? Which is this idea that mm-hmm. Democrats have kind of have kind of given up or, or written off the South, I think. Um, and I think that's Definitely. that's a really really important thing to be thinking about. If you know, if you wanted to look back, uh, 
during the Great Depression, uh, after FDR's, you know, really actual ambitious New Deal response, if you look at an electoral map from from around, uh, I, I don't remember. I was looking at one recently. I don't remember exactly which election year it was. It was it was in the 30s though. Every state was blue except for except I think it was except for like Maine or something like that. You know, yeah, I think it were that's like the one kind or of two thing. states that he didn't win. Right, exactly, and that's because he the New Deal delivered for a lot of people all over the country, right? Because the entire yeah. country needed it. This no, it's is because you know, people this who is, are in poverty don't like being in poverty. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're delivering for people and you're showing and and you're showing that you you like have their interest at heart, yep. they're gonna they're they're gonna respond to that. And I and th- that this is the kind of thing that even when an, when an election year shows up, I I actually would say that some people at least will remember this, and and especially mm-hmm. they'll remember this when they can juxtapose it with their own home state senator, you know, trying to flee to another country with his family. <laughs> Right, which during was a like, pandemic, he, like yeah, yeah, so which crazy. was, the, and he got, he got owned. Yeah. He he yeah. was, and and he like he so he like got on the flight and then got off. Right. Oh, so yeah, so, he, no, well, he didn't. No, uh, so for those who, folks who aren't aren't totally clued into this, we're talking about Ted Cruz, who Ted went Cruz, to Cancun yeah. with his family uh, this past weekend, I guess, and then. He uh, was originally planning on staying for a whole week. His original ticket was booked for a whole week, but then he, uh, after people were roasting him, just absolutely roasting him on Twitter and just like sending him a lot of a lot of probably calls and texts and emails and whatever else, um, he booked a flight home for six o'clock the oh, next morning. Okay, okay, and then That's was like, was. okay, you know, uh, my daughters were cold <laughs> and so they asked me hey yeah. daddy why can't we go to somewhere warmer like like cancun <laughs> and i said oh i never thought of that <laughs> i said i will take my daughters there and then fly home immediately to help my great state of texas it's like that's just oh, not <laughs> it's so clearly not what God. happened and then he did like a little a little performance where he like handed out water bottles and stuff and made sure they got <laughs> pictures of it. Of course, yeah. And, and when he was coming yeah. back into the U.S., he had a Texas face mask on. Ooh, nice. Yeah, nice touch, Chad. Nice touch. Yeah, he. Uh, well, fortunately for him, you know, he's not up for re-election for a little while. So, like five years. Well, I don't know how long it is, but it's, it's years, you know, because we since we just had elections, so it's yeah. you know his he. Although he did actually, he Beto, he Beto. was actually kind of close to beating him. Is that twenty eighteen uh, or twenty nineteen? It was yeah, twenty eighteen, right? Yeah, so he's I guess he's up again in twenty twenty four. Shit. Yeah, but Damn. so he could, you know, it would be it would be cool to see that. That's a guy who I would love to see lose, definitely, like more <laughs> more so even than most. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I would yeah. I mean, rather see Ted Cruz lose than see Beto lose. So if that says anything. Yes, me too. Exactly. <laughs> that's a good that's actually a really good way to to kind of put it. Yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um we've also seen uh throughout this kind of thing that's been going on in Texas, we've seen some uh liberals posting about you know uh oh they deserve this um because they voted the wrong way that kind of (laughs) stuff i think is is really horrifying and that's Mm -hmm. like you're basically you're doing the exact same thing that that republicans do where their whole ideology is based around just like owning the libs you're just doing the exact same thing going the other way right at that point and exactly but it's also like it's honestly even worse than that because the people who suffer most in the states that vote Republican are the disenfranchised masses mm-hmm. of people of color, typically. Um, yeah. So I think that's an important thing to, to note also. I think also the liberal... Well, not not you know not everyone who's a liberal does this, right? But there is sort of a, a liberal kind of pretension that I think you're kind of pointing to, Tyler. That's, you know, it's like, well, why are they voting against their own interests? Don't mm-hmm, they like why mm-hmm. didn't they vote for Biden, who is clearly in their interests? Sure. <laughs> it's yeah. like, of course, he, oh, of course, he's fucking not, you know, and and, and 
it's just ridiculous that we expect people to kind of like bow at the altar of the Democratic Party when mm -hmm. given like, you know, the fucking electoral college, it truly does not matter for all states except for like five or six. It, it does not matter what you do. The the outcome is sure. predetermined. That is kind of the point, you know. In Washington, in Oregon, in California, in New York, in Maryland, it is it's a foregone conclusion, you know. Sure. Yeah, and mostly in a state like Texas as well. There was like a little yeah. bit of talk about Trump potentially losing Texas, but I don't I don't know how close ha. that ended up being. Ha. That did that you know, did not happen. You know, it's like that you know, that that is the point of view of politics, the very liberal point of view of politics, which is maybe if we just air enough TV ads and enough mm -hmm. radio ads, maybe we'll be able to turn Texas blue without actually putting yeah. in any of that difficult organizing work, which is yeah. what actually motivates folks as demonstrated by enough... Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, but if we send enough money to the Lincoln Project... You never know. We might get Texas. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Like they did. The Lincoln Project just made so much money while actively co covering up like a sex abuse scandal. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, those fucking, those those guys are fucking scumbags. What's the yeah. who's the main guy? Um, Jeff Weaver, fucking, who's the guy who just got outed as a uh, okay. sex pest, and then there's. Um, yeah. Uh, who's that dickhead? Tim something? No. Uh. Yeah, I, I don't know. But um, well, people were digging up like their old, like one of those dudes' old tweets of like a bunch of like mm -hmm. Islamophobic and like just yeah. super racist shit, like typical Republican shit. That even though these guys are supposedly like sensible oh, yeah. Republicans. <laughs> yeah, the, the the idea like that you know. Like, oh, the good, quote-unquote, good Republicans are the people we should be, like, <laughs> advertising yeah. to and then organizing people, with is just ridiculous. People who were, like, super, like, like were, like, staunch advocates for the war on terror, like, in oh, the yeah. early 2000s and talking about how, like, Muslims are, you know, evil and shit like that. Like, no, yeah. these, are that's not, not these are not our friends. Not at all, and that's not that's not just specific to the Republicans. Also, that's true. A good number true. of Democrats, yeah. including fucking Joe Biden. Mm hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think we've got another uh, another sort of Democratic rising star, or not rising star. He's he's been risen for a long time. <laughs> he, has, he has risen. Um, yeah, he at least if you ask um any of the Cuomosexuals out there. <laughs> Tyler, you trying to kill me. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I just like the uh, god damn it. I hate Andrew Cuomo so much. I truly just hate him so much. Um Yeah. There was a moment there. I don't know. I was convinced for a little bit that uh when Bernie dropped out that they were just gonna be like, oh, whoops, Biden has dementia. The uh <laughs> the nominee is now Andrew Cuomo. That was something I was kind of expe half expecting to happen, at least. That know? that was that could have happened. I could have seen it. Right? They were they were Wait. absolutely fawning over him in like yeah. March. And yeah, they were like, oh my absolutely. god, he has he has nipple piercings. Look at this hot picture of him <laughs> in this shirt. Like <laughs> so weird. He's so, dude. he's so presidential. He's so he presidential. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like the crazy thing about like that that whole thing was I believe that was taking place during the same media blitz in the er like in the spring and early summer. Um, mm -hmm. in which uh, he constructed a giant mountain to demonstrate the peak <laughs> of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm -hmm. He people also, forget about the mountain. People forget, people forget about, about the mountain. <laughs> it was a large model. He spent a it lot of huge, money on yeah. it. Yeah, it was massive. <laughs> they made posters for it, like really detailed posters that Ugh. were like a little weird and didn't really make a lot of sense. And they also released a bunch Jeez. of like candles and pillows of shit appropriating Mexican prayer candles, but with Andrew <laughs> Cuomo as the Virgin of Guadalupe. 
No, they did. Like, they did that. They did. They did. Of course, yeah. I didn't Absolutely. see that part. Oh wow! Absolutely. We should uh, make that the art for the, uh, this episode. That's um, a good idea. And so then we should make t- we should make t-shirts with that. <laughs> we should, <laughs> dude. We should because this is so insane. Like this guy. It okay, is, so yeah. for for I okay. I'm I'm gonna just like back up a little bit, get everybody uh-huh. uh, caught up to speed on exactly what happened, so that we can all enjoy how ridiculous this was together. Um, <laughs> right. So this, uh, the situation with Cuomo was that he's been. Uh, freaking governor of New York for a while, uh, like a decade at least. He was governor there the entire time I was in school in upstate New York. Um, his brother is a CNN anchor. CNN, right? Or MSNBC? C- CNN, yeah. CNN, Chris. yeah, Christopher. Yeah. Christopher, yeah. He's a good boy. Uh <laughs> And so, I mean, they're both they're both awful. This is truly just like a family of of absolute demons uh, because they're just power hungry as shit. Right. And so we're going to get into a little yeah. bit of the reasons why I feel so strongly about the Cuomo family. But on March 25th, 2020, um, uh, Andrew Cuomo signed an executive order requiring nursing homes to readmit covid patients that hospitals had deemed to be in quote unquote stable condition. Um, which it was not clearly defined what stable condition meant. And it specifically, this, this, um, order specifically did not require people to have a negative test before being forced back into nursing homes, Mm -hmm. which is a huge problem. Basically what he said, the whole spin on this thing was that, we need every available bed to treat these patients, never mind the fact that he was actively forcing hospitals and nursing homes to break quarantine to put people who are still COVID positive in situations where the staff would not be able to manage the outbreak of the disease. It's just ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know? Like, on Mar- you know, in March, at the beginning this, of the outbreak. Yeah, yeah. When we knew uh, how bad it was in China already, how bad it was in other countries already, and everything was shutting down, this is what he did, right? He signed this executive order, right? And so uh, I think an interesting... There's a couple of interesting questions here. Number one is, okay, what were the effects of that executive order? And number two, why did he do it? Number one, uh, well, let's look at the effects. At the end of the summer in uh, around, you know, middle, late August... COVID rates in New York state were more than double any other state. There were 32,000 mm-hmm. deaths. Again, more than double any other state. Um, and an interesting thing that happened at the beginning of this uh, truly horrendous COVID outbreak, uh, which was based primarily from nursing homes as well, I think is an important point mm-hmm. to mention is the center of the outbreak was nursing homes um that he signed legislation in april that gave nursing home and healthcare companies immunity from prosecution related to covid deaths even in in instances of gross negligence um yeah it's like a it's like a republican wet dream basically that's what they that's one of the things they were they were the liability shield has like been one of the main things throughout the entire pandemic that they've been trying to it is and it's also a democratic wet dream but just not like you know whatever the 20 democratic senators or or congress people that have a conscience (laughs) right yeah absolutely you know it's like they're all in this they're like all in this together right if if Cuomo, media darling of the Democratic Party, doesn't demonstrate that to you. It's like I don't know what will. It's like they're they're. This is a bipartisan effort, you know. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and what's really crazy to me about this whole thing with Cuomo? There are a couple things. Number one, the legislation that he signed, the executive order, was literally written by a lobbying group for the uh, nursing home industry. Nice. Which is a very clear example of corruption in my mind. It was, yep. you know, funneled through Alec, which is a, a conservative oh. policy think tank. Um, but that's where the funding came from. You know, it's like 
that's where that's who literally wrote this thing and Cuomo just signed it in. Uh, and you know, a good question to ask. Number two uh, is why, right? Why why did you do this? And I think that we can look at you know, of course, uh, for legal reasons, I can't say definitively why he did this, uh, <laughs> but I think we have some pretty clear evidence that might that might inform a you know your own independent conclusion. Um, uh, which, uh, if we consider his re-election campaign in 2018, during which he was running against Cynthia Nixon, star of Sex in oh, the City yeah. and other productions, I'm sure. But that's, <laughs> I think, what most people know her from. Uh, yeah. And she was running, like, a, a sort of, like, a Green Party-ish, like, left-ish campaign to unseat Cuomo. She was, like, and, and, D- she was like DSA-backed, I'm pretty sure. DSA-backed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's so, right. I think so yeah. yeah. I think she was DSA and Working Families Party backed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ran a good. She ran a really good campaign. She got like a lot more votes than I think a lot of folks had, had expected her to. I think she got like over thirty percent of the vote. I think even mm-hmm. close to like forty percent of the vote, which is pretty amazing. That uh, is pretty good. Yeah. One really cool thing that she did. Um, was that she she focused her campaign on the IDC, the in, Independent Democratic Caucus, in New York State Legislature, which is really, really interesting because uh, this is something that, that Cuomo had done, I believe, and, and the governor before him as well. Um, I, I believe so, or maybe it's just Cuomo, um, where there were so many Democrats elected to state legislature that they... What they did to the Democrats is they entered into a power-sharing agreement with the Republicans where, like, six or more people who were elected as Democrats would agree to caucus and vote with the Republicans so that they could maintain power to, like, over, like, deciding, like, exactly what got, like, uh, you know, what was introduced, what passed, you know, what sorts of things, like, wouldn't even get consideration. It was literally, like, three men in a room smoking cigars. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's uh that's gonna go under the list of things republicans would never ever ever do for <laughs> democrats when they were in the minority <laughs> oh my yeah. god dude like the fact wow. that bloomberg was a republican and is now a democrat and and no one seems to have a, a you know no one in power seems to have a big yeah. problem with that is uh pretty telling dude it was looking like for a minute it could have been him too he could have been the nominee <laughs> If uh Hey, vote Bloomberg no matter whomberg, baby. But, ooh. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a, a non-ironic slogan that would have been going around. <laughs> Definitely. Dude, they should pay me, man. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any any particular feelings on, on Cuomo there, Tyler? Um, I just think I I think that like you said, uh he was he was the absolute darling in March and April at the beginning of the pandemic for the Democrats. He was almost like mm-hmm. the uh, he was like the alternative president, basically. You could say. Yes. Um, people loved to watch those uh, those like, briefings in uh, those, that uh, were from those nipple rings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and and <laughs> I think that yeah, at that at that particular moment when. Uh, this was kind of this was kind of after Biden had become had, like right when right a, around when Biden had become the nominee right he had he Sanders yeah. had uh, didn't have it we knew he wasn't going to get enough delegates to win the primary so the the nominee was Biden um, which was ultimately that was what they wanted when it was just when it was when it was Bernie versus Biden right of course um, but. Biden was also known to be a liability for many reasons his age definitely being one of them and and just generally his his performance in the the primary debates being you know his a re, a, his another related everything. thing <laughs> yeah know? pretty much everything right and so he was he people were absolutely fawning over this guy and mm-hmm. yeah that's i mean I, I don't trust him and it's like it's <laughs> the thing about the thing about him going on his brother's show was also like that's oh, a yeah. weird that's kind of a weird conflict of interest oh, yeah. and, and very obvious one. It is. Right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yo, can I can I just like talk about that for a hot second? Mm-hmm. I have some fucking yeah, thoughts yeah. about that. Well, okay, so yeah. first off, it sh- 
it shows like the absolute partisan bias and and real just at, like hackery of, of CNN and outlets like it that mm-hmm. uh, Chris Cuomo could be interviewing his brother on his show and could just be getting a bunch of softball questions and that would be considered okay up until when it came out that um, he was actually manipulating all of us in order to cover his own ass uh, and hiding nursing home deaths. You know, right. I just think that this is like, <clears throat> you know, CNN can say, oh, like, you know, we're instituting rules now against this sort of thing, which they are doing, mm-hmm. right? Not this sort of thing exactly, but just Andrew Cuomo coming on Chris Cuomo's show. Yeah. But the point yeah. is, why was that ever allowed in the first place? Yeah, that's absolutely. It seems very obvious. And like, I guess another, you know, funny thing about the or, <laughs> or interesting and and you know, a thing about the the covering up the deaths in the nursing homes is like this is something that you would have expected from like Florida in March or April, <laughs> right? And like, yeah, and, which and was I would happening. Have, I, I'm sh- and oh. I'm sure it did happen. Yeah, that, so absolutely. But it's just it's it is crazy that the guy who was kind of being hailed as like the ultimate, you know, co- like example of like what it is what it looks like to do a good job as, as a democratic governor in a state where you're where they were like kind of the epicenter of the, of the outbreak early on. Yeah. Um, that that guy was actually, you know, doing all the things that we were worried Republicans were doing, which they were doing, yep. but it's still, you know, yeah. it, 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 it does show that this, uh, the, 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 um, the unwillingness to put, to put, you know, lives over profits is a bipartisan mm-hmm issue right that is something that both Without parties collaborate on consistently so Without a doubt. you know I, th- I think it's important i think you made a, ra- a lot of really good points there tyler i think one is is talking about compared to red states right there's so mm-hmm. many k-hive people so many hashtag resistance <laughs> people um who are like you know, going after Trump on on school reopenings, going after Governor DeSantis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for targeting a chief epidemiologist in the state of Florida. That's right. Which is yep. Which yep. is also horrible. You know, which is also it's it's really really bad. It's really it's worth condemnation and everything. But it's just Absolutely. really interesting that when it comes to Cuomo doing this, and, and arguably the site of the or not even arguably definitively the worst site of the outbreak in early 2020 mm-hmm. and and knowing that he committed a federal crime by purposefully covering this up to try to prevent trump from looking good is just absolutely disgusting and yeah when he came yep. on his brother's show it was this whole thing about like oh ma likes me better than you oh you think <laughs> our mother likes me you better than me Ooh, i'm gonna fight you i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm spill your lasagna <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, too far. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was. Sorry, yeah, I don't know. To any Italian people out there, like you know, it's sorry fine. about that. It's fine. A- any proud Italian Americans, you know. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't keep digging. But basically, the 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 issue with with this whole thing, with this whole like brother brother, you know, uh, basically being okay with with blatant corruption thing is that when it benefits folks who might have a financial stake in CNN and also a financial stake in New York politics, right? It, this kind of stuff mm-hmm. is allowed because it's not actually about journalist in- integrity. It's about money and power. Hey, Ma said that I more <laughs> successfully covered up the deaths of the old people at those nursing homes. <laughs> hey, forget about it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh it's every every year with this guy. And with this guy. <laughs> <The next year>. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Dude. No, that is that is like a weird thing. It's like it is crazy that they ever let that happen. Um it's on, insane I mean, and it, it's it, not surprising yeah. at all. Yeah. Yep. Uh you know, as uh, the, as friend of the pod, comrade Cuomo said. Hey, forget about it. Hey, forget. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, um, Dude. 
Let's get those anti-Italian organizations uh, after us. Stir up some controversy. <laughs> is that a is that a is that a thing? Is that a like a current? I, I think thing that's going I think on? it was more of a thing in the nineties. Uh, you know, okay. it was definitely a thing in in the Sopranos. Um, <laughs> And I think also in real life, but I primarily know it from The Sopranos. Wow. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's talk about this Huffington Post piece that had some some kind of tied in a little bit from the you know what yeah. we're still seeing uh, daily coverage of the Capitol riots and and all that, um, but. So yeah, this is the, the 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 title of this piece was four more states propose harsh new penalties for protesting fossil fuels, uh, and then the subtitle industry design bills to si- to silence climate protests are under consideration in Arkansas, Kansas, Minnesota, and Montana. More are likely to come. So it's basically there's these these new laws that they're trying to pass in in state legislatures around the country, where they want to. I mean, it's it's basically a thing where they want to prevent people from protesting at fossil fuel sites, right? Yeah. Um, and the to, to the extent the, the of meth- making trespassing a mandatory three year sentence. Exactly. Yeah. So let's just so to start off with just an example. The the bill proposed in in Arkansas uh, would make it a class B felony to quote damage critical infrastructure. And could result in up to twenty years in prison and a fine of fifteen thousand dollars. So that's twenty years. Re- yeah, twenty years in prison. Um, Jesus. And Christ. you know, when when they say sometimes these these bills can be really vague, right? When they say like damage, that can be, mm-hmm. you know, they can say that you damaged it when you graffitied on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So these bills that could really be monetary it's, it's dis- damage too, probably. Mm- Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's de- so it's it's definitely designed to prevent people from protesting, right? It's not oh, yeah. it's not like um you know it's not like the punishment is going to be in some way even remotely proportional to what you not at all. what you did, right? <clears throat> not at all. You know, and and if you need clear uh, demonstration of of that fact, look at the Obama Biden administration's handling of Standing Rock, right? You know, yep. during. During which uh, elders were hit with water cannons, been mm-hmm. below freezing, you know, below like sub zero conditions during winter. You know, dogs were sicked on people and everything. It's it's not like it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's something that's been particularly welcome in this country, right? Many of these folks are considered terrorists by our government. Mm-hmm. Many folks are considered terrorists by the Canadian government as well for protesting fossil fuel infrastructure and actually putting their bodies on the line. And I think that a really important point in this article and in this conversation more generally is that, well, like out of the four states that they're talking about, Arkansas, Kansas, Minnesota, Montana, three of these I know for sure to be states with large indigenous populations, right? Large Mm -hmm. populations of native folks, uh, notably Kansas, Minnesota, Montana, right? These are areas with you know, Great Plains states with huge reservations. Um, And so it's just really, really interesting that we see an upswing in the effect of uh, indigenous resistance, in part in blocking rail traffic in Canada, right? And then also things in the U.S., Keystone XL, um, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Dakota Access Pipeline, and also right in Canada as well, the folks in Wet'suwet'en blocking the coastal gas link pipeline, right? Indigenous people are, are starting to work together in ways that are really significant and really un- unique in history, I think. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we see this anti-terror legislation start to target them more deliberately. Yep. That's and, and and that's the thing that we've been like, I know we've been like beating this like a dead horse is saying that like <laughs> any new anti-terror legislation is ultimately going to be used disproportionately against like black and brown folks and, and poor yeah. folks. Right. Like that's, Indigenous the, that's people the idea behind communities. 
Yeah, that's the that's that's ultimately that's what that's the idea because those are the the communities that are way more likely to engage in protests that are, are against mm-hmm. things like you know new developments within the yeah. fossil fuel industry, right? Definitely. And so frontline communities are more likely to protest, probably right, because their lives are intimately affected by it, and also exactly. indigenous people specifically are, I think. A big reason why they're persecuted is because they actually have title to the land that they're talking about. So under a reasonable interpretation of governance that doesn't just like cycle people through at you know in ways that are convenient at the time, right? They would have the right to stop a lot of these things, but they're just not given the chance. What, yeah, and one of one of the things that's pointed out in the piece is that you know free speech experts and advocates are saying that this is like partly what we can look at here is like the constant people constantly talking about the Capitol riot and this fear of like protesters and stuff like that. And that that's, that that's part of the like impetus for, for these new pieces of legislation popping up. Cause these, these bills exist in like 14 other States and I think are already like mm-hmm. on the books, but, but now there's like four, four in, in four new States that this is coming up is it's, it's, yeah. it's something to, to definitely like remain, of course, remain conscious of like any new legislation that tries to um, tries to like further stigmatize protesting, right? And like invalidate that as like as like a, a First Amendment exercise, right? Legal exercise yes. is something that you know, as uh, socialists or as leftists, we should be mm-hmm. um, really skeptical of, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, even if, uh, every once in a while, it means that the national security state gets to own, uh, you know, tr- MAGA chuds or whatever, that's <laughs> uh, ultimately not worth it. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 you know, undeniable joy does not, uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. really do a whole lot <laughs> at no. the end of the day. No. This of course, like has existed in a lot of States for a little while now. These sorts of laws, mm-hmm. but since COVID happened, uh, you're seeing a lot of states start to ram these kind of laws through, which I think is just like a perfect example of what Naomi Klein would call a sort of a, a shock capitalism, right? When yep. something, yep. yep, when something really serious happens, right? When like people are are living in a situation of chaos, it's a lot easier to just impose whatever laws that you want on folks. It's Absolutely. the same sort of idea, political theory that uh, Mike Pence employed in the aftermath of Katrina with a bunch of folks from, I believe, the Heritage Foundation who Mm. released a series of policy proposals that were taken up specifically to privatize all New Orleans public schools. Right. Things that would never, never, never pass during normal circumstances are able to pass during moments of crisis. So I think it's really important to look at this as an example of that as well, of like tightening grip of, of corporations on our ability to express dissent. There are two things I think that are really important to talk about, like just specifically in terms of native rights issues. Um, right, like one, one is like the idea of criminalizing trespass and criminalizing it to the point that it would be three years mandatory sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, mandatory minimums have a long history in producing, well, I guess not that long, right? But a long enough history of producing the epidemic of uh, mass incarceration that we have in this country. Uh, Joe Biden and Bill Clinton and uh, all the rest of them had a, a big hand in uh, strengthening and furthering making more extreme, et cetera, right? And so what's a very, very interesting aspect of these sort of mandatory minimums as applied to trespassing, when they were initially applied to basically like crack and heroin, which was also racialized and, you know, really racist on its face, right? Another aspect of this is that um, there were a, a number of elderly black women who would go on to a, a piece of property that was supposedly designated as belong to a fossil fuel company. Um, and, you know, they would go and they would visit a burial site uh, where 
people who had been enslaved were buried. And under this situation, right, all of these elderly women who were visiting their ancestors would give mandatory three years in jail. Um, yeah. Right. It's outrageous. And outrageous, you know? And I, I, you know, I think when we talk about, like, the issues faced in black folks, especially, black, you know, the issues faced in black folks in relation to privatization of property and privatization of, of property that, you know, they either own by right or, uh, you know, by deed or had, you know, one, maybe someone in their family had owned by deed, right? But it's a long history of theft of, of lands from black and indigenous people, right? You know, and I think this really underscores the fact that we need to really, really like probe what it means to be black or indigenous in this country, right? Black folks, of course, indigenous to another continent, um, right? And we're brought here against their will. And I think that, uh, you know, th th there's a lot of specificity to that. And of course, a lot of specificity to the situation of indigenous peoples in this country as well. Um, but they're related, you know? Like the cause of mm -hmm. their dispossession is, is the same, and and basically that would be white supremacy in my view. So I think it's you know, but both deserve special attention in their own right, and um, you know are I think e even better when when looked at as as two parts of the same problem. Absolutely. If you like what you heard, or even if you didn't like what you heard, please uh, give us a follow at at Sheeple's Army Pod. Uh, sorry, that's at Sheeple's Army Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up, send us a DM, let us know what you think. We uh, really like to hear from folks. Tyler, where else can people find us? Please look us up on Spotify. Hit the follow button. Tell your friend to do it. Maybe maybe send the link to him. Uh, yeah. Also, Apple Podcasts. You're crushed too. You know, You're crushed. Great way send to flirt with somebody. <laughs> Yeah, Valentine's Day is over, but you know we're still we're still trying to help you with ways to. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. That was that was dumb. Hey, no, we care about you. You know, with your crush. <laughs> we we ain't gonna leave you hanging. You know, we're here for next Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, also, please uh, Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review there as well. That helps us out enormously. If you're if you're able to do that, five stars if you liked it. One star if you didn't like it. Either way, just leave a review. <laughs> um, I think for this week that is going to do it and we will see everybody next week peace y'all <laughs>